Hey everybody, welcome to episode 66. Once again, I am joined in studio by Brian Lipsitz and Mike Boyd. How you doing, boys? Good, good. How are you? What's good, going good. on, man? Uh, as we get into the show today, I do want to put out the reminder to people uh, that we do have a special guest on the way. Sunday, January 15th, G4 and Attack of the Show's Chris Gore will be our very special guest. If you have any questions for him, you can send them to podcast.thegeekgeneration.com or you can tweet them to us at Geek Generation on Twitter. To be a little more of a uh, a shameless plug whore, because I wasn't enough of one last week and on my knees begging people for stuff, my birthday's coming up again. Yay! Woohoo! Yeah. False excitement. (laughs) False excitement. So if you're not donating to the site already and you want to get me a birthday gift, you can go to thegeekgeneration.com slash wishlist and see my (laughs) Amazon list. And it'll be a two-pronged birthday present because it also uses our affiliate link on Amazon. There you go. And it'll get sent right to me, which is super cool. And no one will send me anything, but (laughs) I I say it anyway, just in case. Never know. Never know. But we have a lot of important stuff to talk about this week, so let's geek out. Yay! Brian? Uh, I usually don't talk about... uh, I don't really follow UFC that much, but I watched uh, the Ultimate Fighting uh, Championship uh, Brock Lesnar fight on uh, Friday night over my friends, and... uh, it was interesting because he lost in a retarded fashion and like wicked quick. And then uh, he said he was retiring. So now, of course, um, everyone in the universe is uh, saying he's going back to WWE. And uh, I just think it's going to be interesting to see if he does or doesn't. But uh, they'd have to buy out his contract. But he's done with ultimate fighting. And um, it's just uh, I think WWE could use him right now. If they're just kind of stale product at this point so they can use everything they can get so i'm sure there's gonna be lots of money floating his way pretty soon and a lot of people are excited um a lot of not obviously not ultimate fighting fans but uh the wrestling fans seem to be pretty ecstatic that he could come back you know for wrestlemania or somewhere after that or you know so he's you know it, it was interesting i'm not a big ultimate fighting fan but it was uh is interesting experience so that's my uh first geek out cool uh my second was as I pull up Here my comes paper. the paper, yeah. <laughs> what um, did I do? Um, I saw... I First of all, to put this out first, I hate Tom Cruise with a passion. He's one of my least favorite actors of all time. I've been surprised at how many people have told me that recently. Like, I think he's a... He was always okay until he had this whole crazy breakdown yeah it was, is it the oprah thing yeah, that really and, turned and people that, off I'm saying like i don't believe in medication and you know it's it's all in your head and oh, all he's that. probably a douchebag as a person yeah. but and honestly i've heard people say that he's a really nice guy but yeah i have no issues with him as an actor i i just never and so that kind of like made me the more anyways to get to my geek out uh, i did end up seeing mission impossible ghost protocol and i absolutely fucking loved it yeah it was great it was fantastic I and i it. went into it thinking I don't know. I don't like Tom Cruise, but they completely run me over, won me over, and probably it's because it was directed by Brad Bird, who did The Incredibles, and uh, it was his first live action directing directing uh, ability, uh, directing ability, directed movie, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I just freaking loved it. I had a great time. I saw it on IMAX, and it blew me away. It was good. Really, yeah, sure. I enjoyed it very much too. Yeah, I saw it this week too, and um, I haven't been to the movie since August, and I gotta say it um, it trumps the third one, um, and I liked it better even than. Even more than the second one, which yep. was actually my favorite, the John Woo. You like the one. John Woo one? <laughs> Where he like slow motion side, you know, gunfire. Yeah, I, I love that movie when it came oh, out. Oh, my lord. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with Limp Biscuit and Metallica soundtrack. Oh, I like that Limp Biscuit version. Although of it, it did have Hans Zimmer doing the score, which is really good. Yep. But, Sweet. Uh, that, those were my geek outs. All right. Mike Boyd. All right, so uh, I got like I got three things since I was told to write three things down. <laughs> <laughs> There's no requirement as you to must, how many. You uh, must write. If you don't have three, you get your ass out of my studio. <laughs> and to the bathroom because I got to pee soon. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, this one is kind of twofold. For Christmas, I got the first trade paperback of Dynamite Publishing's Warlord of Mars, which is an old Edgar Rice Burroughs science fiction tale. Um, and if it sounds familiar to a lot of people who haven't, who don't read comics, it's because that Disney is producing a movie that's coming out in March. I oh, uh, John Carter. Yeah, yeah. John. It, it, the main character's name is John Carter, um, but he was in a, this particular series called Warlord of Mars, which is his excursions and adventures on the Red Planet. Um, I like the premise because, you know, for for a 1911 story, which is when the original was published, um, it's about a Confederate soldier 
who is going out into um, Native American country. I guess I'll be politically correct and trying to look for gold. What Indian country? You said yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, okay. And he um, he um, he ends up uh, you know finding a passageway um, to Mars, and he gets embroiled in this huge conflict between. Um, these people, the red people of Mars and the green men of Mars, mm-hmm. who are like these huge, hulking, like four-armed, crazy-looking, like you know, war. You know, think like a, a a ten times an orc in World of Warcraft. Sure. If I want something like major, heavy-duty, like weapons and everything, and like all the action sequences in the comics were fantastic. Um, the writing was actually pretty good. It holds pretty true from you know the few excerpts I've read from the the books at least I haven't read a whole book but mm-hmm. um I really wanted to check out the adaptation so now after reading it I'm actually kind of excited for the the movie whereas at first I thought the movie was going to be awful mm-hmm. as children of the 80s tell me you didn't watch that trailer and think he man it's pretty based on his attire he's, he's got a very he's got the he-man aesthetic going there man it's a guy in like a loincloth with like a sword and a gun and like two pieces of armor on his shoulders and like all the women's are stand- <laughs> I, I will give one thing the art of the women in that series is is awesome yeah that, that guy who's it louis antonio and steven sadowski who are the two artists on this particular volume it's a, it's a continuing series but um they really like they draw some fine women <laughs> I will give them Michael that. Turner fine. So if, if the women, if the women yes. of Mars are that beautiful, you know, I I want to go to Mars. I'm serious. And let me correct. Uh, just just to elaborate on what I just said, Michael Turner is not a woman. Uh, nor am I saying that Michael Turner was fine. He just draws really attractive women he, in the comics. I just felt the need to clarify. So uh, I'm looking forward to the movie that Disney's doing, and you know, Warlord of Mars. Check out the first Dynamite trade paperback, Volume One. And uh, its counterpart, the Deja Thoris series, cool. right, which I have yet to read. So Sweet. What else you got? Uh, more comic news. Yay. Uh, Avengers X-Men, Frank Cho, Jason Aaron, Brian Michael Bendis. This is going to be the opportunity for Marvel to get back onto the horse after a horrific, in my opinion, 2011 with a lot of their... Comic mishaps, we'll call them, Brian. Shall we? Yeah, we'll get we'll get more into this later. But yeah, yeah. They, but I think um, they have a really cool incentive with comic stores. Um, as I had been reading the latest Marvel previews that I have right next to me, stores going to be able to pick if they're an Avengers store or an X Men store. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool. The double page fold, which is drawn by who's that? Uh, is that Jim Chung? Jim Chung, um, fantastic double page. Nice. Um, yes, yes. We posted that picture. Yeah, yeah and you can basically, I guess. I'm assuming it doesn't really say what's going to happen, but I think they're uh, they're doing a Tuesday night release of it first of all, and then secondly, I'm assuming if you're an X Men or an Avengers store, you're going to have like covers that are corresponding to either the Avengers or the X Men. Very cool. But even better than that, and this is the last thing I'll say is what you got. You got Jason Aaron who's writing Wolverine and a bunch of other titles. Brian Bendis, Ed Brubaker, Oliver Koipel on art, Matt Fraction also writing, Jonathan Hickman writing. I think it's Adam, Andy, it's Adam. Adam Kubert, and John Romita Jr. This is probably a bullpen of Marvel's top eight talents, I would say. Yeah. Very, very close. It's a huge, huge creative team. Yeah. I just want to change my name to Fraction because it sounds badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, I'm really looking forward to Marvel getting back onto the horse in 2012. And uh, the last thing, check out the, uh, very quickly, I hadn't, picked it up when it was in the store but i picked up a back issue a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago the teenage mutant ninja turtles idw reboot really the not the regular series the micro series which really takes each of the turtles individually and puts them in like adventures and predicaments i mean i thought it was really cool in the first issue which dealt with i think it was Raphael, um rocksteady and bebop were in it before they were turned into uh what is it warthog and a rhino yeah So I'll have to show you an issue. That's awesome. Now, uh, with the reboot, are they back to the red for everybody? Yeah, it's very close to the Eastman and Laird. Um, Eastman's Eastman's co-writing it again. Not the micro. The the micro series is written by... Oh, that's uh, a regular series. Yeah, yeah. they have a different guest artist every issue. Um, 
This place is starting to sound like graphically speaking. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going way too into people going to be like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Well, I'll stop there. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles micro series. Nice. Nice. I love some Ninja Turtles. And it's nice to know that they're going back to the old school stuff, kind of. That is very cool. All right, uh, Geek Outs, I have a few different ones. I also have three, not because I mandated it myself. It has but to be three. <laughs> it has to be three. Uh, the first one is Flick Chart. Are either of you familiar with no. this? No, what is this? It is a website uh, that allows you to rate movies, and it helps you generate lists of your favorite. Like, you could determine your all-time favorite movies, because what it does is it shows you two movie posters for two different movies. So yeah. it could show like Silence of the Lambs versus like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to just yeah. use it again. You pick the one that you like best and it ranks them for you. And it'll just keep showing you two movies at a time and your life will just disappear when you start I was using the site. I can already picture it right, in my head. Because you can do it forever. But it will keep a an all-time list on the sidebar for you so you can start to, as you rate movies, it'll tell you like what your, you might not even know what your favorite movie is <laughs> until you really put it to the test like yeah. this. And uh, let's say all of a sudden, like for a while, I had uh, Splash was up there for some reason. I'm yeah. like, why the hell is Splash in my top 25 movies of all time? So uh, it had only come up once and it beat something else. So it got like thrown way up there. You can choose a movie from the side and then choose to re-rank just that movie compared to the other 25 nice. on there. So it'll kind of rearrange it. And when I did that, it ended up down at like 100 <laughs> something. Like wow. So sometimes it starts off. But as you get more and more done, it becomes more and more accurate. And if you want to kind of tailor to a certain thing, like let's say you want to figure out what your favorite Christmas movie is, you can choose to look at only Christmas genre movies and then come up with your top whatever of Christmas movies. Wow. And you can refine it in many, many different ways like this. It's a tremendous time sink, but it's so much friggin' fun. I know what I'm doing when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you imagine like Masters of the Universe versus Zardos? Which one? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's, it's Some of them get really tough yeah. and you have to think about it. And you're like, oh, and I've clicked one and gone, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. But there is an undo button to go to your, back to your last choice and reconsider but i uh, i thought that was really cool and they uh you can use it there's a mobile version and everything nice. you can use it on your ipod or iphone and mm-hmm. it's a ton of fun to do uh, awesome. i thought it might actually be interesting to do a bonus episode on that yeah. where we just i've heard other podcasts do episodes on just flick charting really and figuring out like pick a genre that's awesome yeah and kind of go through as a group and figure out like we could figure out what the geek generation's top 25 yeah, movies are we should do not that. just individually of course that would be some interesting debates going on yeah. <laughs> so that, that could be a fun bonus episode yeah. in the future um my second one is that kids aren't as dumb as uh people might think they are for i thought that kids were just degrading over time and as we get older you look at the younger generations and say they're into some garbage and they're just stupid and they're like Justin Bieber and <laughs> all this other crap. But I went to go see Arthur Christmas recently because I see everything. And uh, as the trailers were airing, first there was a Tintin trailer up, which is immediately followed by a trailer for Mirror Mirror, that Snow White oh, god-awful oh, looking god. horrible one that we talked about a little while ago. And uh, as after the Mirror Mirror one aired, I heard a kid on one side of the theater say, I'd rather see the piratey one, referring to Tintin. So already, the kid's smart enough to know that Tintin's going to be a much better movie than Mirror Mirror. So I was like, yes, score one for the kids. Wait a minute, is this Mirror Mirror? Is this another Snow White movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Separate from Snow White and the yes. Huntsman. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. seen the trailer? It's, it's god awful. It's terrible. I know, but Julia I Julia Roberts yeah. plays the evil queen. Oh, it's so miscast. God. Like, oh, oh terrible. Oh. Give her some nose putty. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they also played a Justin Bieber speaking of they played a Justin Bieber music video before oh, um, before Arthur Christmas cuz he does a version of Santa Claus is coming to town on the soundtrack and it was god awful the video was god awful <laughs> and uh following it another young boy on the opposite side of the theater I just heard like the whole theater was silent and I just heard him go that was crappy. <laughs> so my faith in humanity has been restored because uh, I was very amused by that. So I was like laughing when it happened. People were probably like, what is this guy doing? Just laughing at kids. Um, my last geek out this week is that I've been listening to the Nerdist podcast, as I always do. And they recently, uh, Chris Hardwick fulfilled a dream of his by having the 10th Doctor, David Tennant, on the show. Uh, he went to interview him for the Nerdist Year in Review TV special, which was great. So if people haven't seen that, check it out on BBC America. It's also available on iTunes and I believe Amazon as well. But um, they used a small portion of that. because, And he went all the way over to the UK to talk to Tennant. And uh, Simon Pegg was also a guest on the oh, special. Nice. So um, he flew over to do those. But instead of taking the opportunity and just saying, we're going to film three minutes for 
the TV special. Let's also record an hour-long podcast for The Nerdist. And it was absolutely tremendous. It was great as being a uh, recent Doctor Who convert. Mm -hmm. I was very excited to hear, especially when that was my favorite doctor. And I didn't even realize the guy's Scottish. He does <laughs> he does an English accent in like everything he yeah. plays in. In Fright Night, he did an English yeah. accent, but he's Scottish, so he even sounds slightly different. Interesting. But he was very uh, witty and charming, and had an incredible Hulk shirt on the whole time, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a great episode, and I was totally geeking out over it. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, those are all my geek outs, though. So I guess we might as well flip into the uh, the flip side. Flip into the flip side. Flip <laughs> into the flip side. That's a little extra using. Oh, freak out! Time to freak out, Brian. Um, Be right. Mine is pretty much a joint one with Boyd because after our uh, New Year's Eve experience. Wait, do so you have three? No. Okay, I'm just checking. Um, <laughs> we need to just kind of do. I'll let him do it because it's just an epic fail of epic proportions. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just continue. Just go. Do you want to jointly do it right yeah. now? Yeah, you can just jointly to take up one. I mean, I had a new year's party last night. No. Tag you're in. Yeah. <laughs> if you know me, I usually have a lot of people over and people are usually very respectful of my house. And as long as they're respectful, I don't really say much to them. Although last night, lots of people created a huge mess, which I was not happy about as I had to wake up this morning and was continuously cleaning silly string off the floor. Um, I think people got the vibe that I was pissed, so instead of having like an awesome New Year's Eve, um, I was actually kind of aggravated that I had to clean. It wasn't just everything. silly string; it was like silly string into the ceiling on all his like say Rob. It'd be like a silly silly string, all that. If someone silly stringed my movie collection, they would get punched right in the face. Like yeah. all in the ceiling, all under the coat, and then confetti everywhere, and just they're both complete. These people are completely trashed, and and. I'm on a chair trying to clean the silly string, and they're laughing at me. Mm. And I'm just like, and I lost, and I just dropped the I dropped the the cleaning stuff, and I like walked I walked outside to cool off because mm. I was gonna flip out. And it was just like it was. There's nothing worse than drunk people who have no idea what they're doing, what they're why they're why you they're can generally there. stop after part of that statement and say there's yeah. nothing worse than drunk people. <laughs> generally, that's and surprisingly last night I was not even drunk, but it's no. also suffice to say I will not be having another party. It was um, on New Year's Eve or in the next. Next probably year or two for that matter because just the aggravation terrible. is not worth the cleanup. You just got to make sure you have the right group over. Well, that's the yeah. thing. It's just like you know. I mean, he, I don't mind having a mix of people, but but you know, you know, I would never go to someone else's house and trash it and then just be like, all right, bye. You know, I just thought that was incredibly rude and it was just disgusting. So yeah, so I should have put the kibosh on it before they even brought the stuff out. But. Some people are not as cool as the uh, yeah. Bieber hating kid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my second geek out is or my my only other geek out is freak out. You mean a uh, freak out? Sorry, it's okay. That's I I'm don't here. know why I'm doing that. <laughs> where, uh, where am I? Um, I had the worst uh, Christmas week before Christmas and chronic Christmas. Uh, I came down with uh, bronchitis pneumonia. It was awesome. Uh, I went to the emergency. It was room. awesome. No, it wasn't. And uh, <laughs> once the emergency room because I had trouble, I have asthma, so it kind of kicked in my asthma, and I had trouble breathing and. They put me on antibiotics, and after that, I felt good. But it was like a week and a half of me just sleeping, waking up, eating, going back to sleep, and just be feeling miserable, violently coughing every five seconds. It was just like the most absolutely terrible holiday season I've ever had. Luckily, uh, I started to feel about 80% on Christmas Eve. And the worst part was my parents both had it too. So it was mm. like three people just passing oh God. back and forth. And it was just miserable. At least you could make big batches of chicken soup and just kind of all... <laughs> I'll feed and luckily, that. you know, by Christmas, you know, we, we ended up canceling our usual Christmas plans because you have people over on Christmas. Yeah. But we ended up having, you know, a nice little fan. I got thing. you again. Yeah. <laughs> I no gave you Bronca. <laughs> so uh, luckily, I am completely, you know, 100%. I have been for a while. So it, it, it was just it's shitty. But it is the season for sharing. Yeah, exactly. So that's my those are my freak outs. All righty. Mike Boyd. All right. I got a couple. Um First one, and Brian, you can comment on this. Uh, Randy Orton injury, herniated disc, uh, out yeah, for six months. Yeah, he, you longer. injured Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, Randy Orton and, and uh, who's one of their quote WWE's quote unquote top stars had one of the uh, mishaps. Apparently, he had a herniated disc uh, for a while, but they didn't. He didn't tell anyone, and so they did this weird write off where he got thrown down a flight of stairs by Wade Barrett or something on SmackDown because I don't watch SmackDown, mm. but uh, it kind of sucks for them because this is their prime season, you know, right for WrestleMania and everything, and he's going to be out for six months now. Oof. So 
yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty big blow to them. So I'm sure they're not you know thrilled with that. So yeah. Um, second, stale video game season. The winter time is yeah. always the worst for video games. Um, there's a couple coming out in Which, February. And how much March. sense does that make? Because really we're doesn't. all inside, stuck. Yeah. Like, Wouldn't you think you'd want to release more video? Yeah. 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 Um, the only thing I'm going to say positive, there's a couple of things that, there's one coming out, I don't know what it's going to be, it's that Never Dead, where you can basically replace your body parts and, um, <laughs> you know, use them, like you can pick up body parts off the ground and put them back on your constantly degenerate. That's weird as hell. You can, you can <laughs> eventually lose your whole body and, you know, just use your head as a weapon. Huh. Um, put, Konami, I think, is putting it out. Oh, it's coming out sign. at the end of January. <laughs> However, the, some of the pre-release press has not been... Um, very I don't have any faith gratifying. in to put out a good game. Yeah. And then, um, you know, a couple of others, like the Kingdoms of Amalia and mm-hmm. Twisted Metal are the only two. And yeah. they're not coming out till like, like nothing. February. It's like a wasteland. Um, so, I mean, even some of the ones that look interesting, just I know are going to turn out to be So crappy. basically, if you didn't buy any video games, that all the big ones that mm-hmm. came out this fall, go out and buy, buy the ones that you missed this fall. Yeah, especially within the next... Uh, in the next few weeks because january's got nothing coming out as far as i know yeah um <laughs> exactly there'll be no reviews for the geek generation until we do some <laughs> retro stuff <laughs> oh. um and one last thing I'll, I'll try to say this very quickly i kind of had a freak out thursday evening i was yeah. in connecticut um visiting my girlfriend i parked my car on the street when i went to leave friday morning i found a, <laughs> a labat blue beer on the hood of my car with a note handwritten scrawled note in the window and my girlfriend brought it in the house and she's she, i'm like oh is this a what is this she's like oh, i think it's a note from my brother apparently it was not a note from her brother and neither was the beer it was from uh one of their crazy neighbors who lives down the street who apparently saw that i had a transformers and shield sticker on the back of my car yeah um he thought i like worked for like a military agency or something so i I started to read the note over and over again and i'm like oh my god i'm like he's like from one brother to another man he's like that's pretty awesome he's like you have a great night and a happy new year he thought you were in the military he thought he was he thought i was an an agent of shield or something but i also saw So I don't know. And then later that day when I left, I got a text from my girlfriend. This guy was over the house visiting. I don't know if he was trying to scope out my car and he was telling crazy stories about how he was drafted by the Bruins, but he could not um, join them because he was a uh, the government was training him as a as a killer or something. (laughs) So I kind of freaked out when I heard that. And I'm like, Aaron, I'm like, you need to stay away from this guy. I'm like, I'm glad you're coming home and, you know, tell your dad to lock his door. <laughs> that is so weird. Just, I just thought it was funny that he thought he was like an agent yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know. That's, that's I've crazy. seen that in the movies. <laughs> yeah, See, I, I didn't know it was a real thing. I think he's into that type of stuff, but on top of being a trained killer, mind you. Um, so, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to get my bring my Avengers identification card with me yeah, wherever right. I go. Good Lord. Thank you for being an Avenger. Oh, is that it for freakouts? Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, my first one is actually WWE related, even though I've Uh-oh. kind of gotten out of it. I do always watch the tribute to the troops because that's like one of my special yeah. Christmas things and always like gets me in a good mood. And uh, I remember the good old days of them going over to Iraq or Afghanistan and putting on those amazing outdoor shows for all the troops over there. And then last year they brought it back home and it was still kind of special. It was outdoors last year yeah, too, right? Yeah. And then this year I tuned in. It's at uh, Fort Bragg and they're in an arena and it looks the same as any other I'm show. Sure. I didn't see it. So, yeah, there was yeah. nothing special about it no. anymore. So they did use they basically used most of it to to have people uh, musical performances and to promote their pay per view. There was not much. I mean, yeah, they did do you know a couple of things to the troops, but it wasn't like and Maria Menounos, yeah, <laughs> wrestling. Aside from that. God, it what a, a letdown. It, it was a pretty bad show. Yeah. yeah. And no, it's I, funny. I was like, Seamus is a baby face? <laughs> you didn't know that. I, I'm oh, so out of it. God. Dude, I'm out of it. Like, yeah, You're really out yeah. of it. That was like September-ish. Yeah. I've been totally out. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Seamus is like my favorite wrestler right now. Really? You didn't yeah. miss much except Kane coming back with, with what Volpe thinks was hair. But it's actually just hair attached to his mask. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did see the mask afterwards. At first, I thought he had just the welder's mask on. No, then he's got like a leather face. Type. Does he always wear the welder's mask? Yeah, over, yeah. he comes out and then he takes it off, which is kind of like, so why does he do this? I don't know. Kane looks like the man in the iron mask. Yeah. It's yeah. Not weird. Leonardo DiCaprio. And now he has like an all mask. red yeah, under all mask. Red. At least he has a mask again. Yeah, which is cool. I, I was a real big fan of that. And, and it, he didn't rip off my mask. No, so it's... it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> so. so I appreciate that. Yeah, but tribute to Jesus. Yeah. Sucked. Uh, my second freak out is actually related to the holiday season, but not always. Uh, limited edition food that is out for unlimited time and then just disappears on you when you really start to like it. And I have a list of like certain things that came out around this season that I really enjoyed, but now they're gone and I can't get them anymore. And it pisses me off. One of which was sweet cinnamon wheat thins. Really? Yeah. Delicious. They were amazing. They they uh they were wheat thins, obviously. Yeah. And they were cinnamon flavored, but they were also like a sugar. So they they tasted buttery, even though they weren't. So it was like a really like holiday like cinnamon roll type thing. That sounds fantastic. They were amazing. Those are gone. Uh, Stacy's pita chips, which I really like. I usually Those eat the sugar cinnamon ones. They had a limited edition cocoa. Mm. cocoa flavor damn that was very You're, good you, you know all your your cool uh, uh, i like i like food <laughs> <laughs> you would think i would be like 400 pounds but uh cheese it's had an asiago cheese flavor oh, yeah, out for see, a yeah, little while that, yeah. that was very good uh not wildly different than other things but yeah. still very good and uh i love me some cliff bars i think i eat one a day at least it's just one of my in-between meal things they had two limited edition ones for the holiday season. One was peppermint stick. That was very good. And the other one was iced gingerbread, which okay. was also very good. And those are gone now, too. So all these things that I got into and I like and I would totally keep buying are not available. Why do that? Because it's for the holiday season. Right. But why the limited edition? You've already gone through the work of the R&D developing the flavor. Yep. It's probably not that much more expensive to make. It's kind of like they do the stupid thing, like the Halloween themed Oreos, and you yeah, know, they it's do, the McRib. Yeah, <laughs> they put it out for a couple months, and like, okay, except that's hardly food. And you know, there's like a warehouse full of all these. <laughs> right, things now. it just ticks me off. Because, I can't get because it because we're consumers. You know, they want to capitalize on yeah. what is going to be a popular money making season. They do the same thing with the pumpkin spice coffee in yep. like uh, October. I mean, it's the same thing with like beer companies. I mean, as a beer drinker, you find a lot of good beers that come out one season, and then you know it's gone. Within the within yeah, a few they weeks. do the seasonal stuff and yeah, it's just it's just a capital. Although on. stuff like that doesn't sometimes like the beer stuff depend on what is seasonally available for ingredients. I don't know. I think some of the stuff they could produce, you know, in a bigger bulk yeah. know, throughout yeah. the year and at least keep it on for a few more months. But they just do limited releases and it's, yeah. it's done. It's like just, I don't see wheat thins yeah. going bad on you. No, anytime no, soon. no, no. no. <laughs> there's gonna be like oh, this, there's gonna be a warehouse of them for like six months. I know, and I'm gonna find you're it. Gonna they find will be mine again. <laughs> Mission Impossible so break good. into the so good. Those things are. Uh, my last freak out is, uh, I guess, kind of WWE related because I had I had said that I was enjoying WWE 12. Yep. And uh, I had really only played the with the creation stuff. Like I created my character and the move set and the arena and my finisher and all that stuff. Then I actually started playing the game. It is almost unplayable. Really? I don't. I- it is almost unplayable. Uh, Road to WrestleMania mode blows. I have no interest in using Sheamus or like when I started using John Cena at the beginning, it didn't give me a character select. I was like, well, this is bullshit right away. <laughs> like I want, I want to play with my creative guy. That's the only guy I care they about have, playing. They have a cre- the problem is you have to beat the first Road to WrestleMania with Sheamus. Then you have to beat the second one, and, and then, I'm out already. Yeah, well, like I don't want to wait third through one that. Is the creative? Use a microphone. Oh. <laughs> I was way away from the microphone. Yeah. So you probably heard none of that. No, but the uh, the first create, you have to go through the first create, uh, create um, the road, road to WrestleMania. Then you have to do the second one, and then they have a create, you use your own created guy right. to go through it. Yeah, but bull hockey. Usual, and then he has a name attached to him Yeah, already. it's like Jacob something. Yeah. Or something. yeah. It's so limited. So the road to WrestleMania mode blows, for one. That's the only thing um, I thought was a failure. The countering system makes the game virtually unplayable. It's pretty hard. You have to be all offense because it, there's no consistency to the timing the, and countering. I got once I more I played, I got more and more better at it. But I don't I don't know. It, the on screen prompt has nothing to do with the actual timing of the countering. Really, I don't find that. But okay. And I, I've I've looked at other reviews to see if maybe I was nuts, but. Uh, it's no, it's 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 awful. weird because this got the best 
rated review out of all the games of the past like 10 years yeah it's still like the countering system alone makes it virtually unplayable i wish they would go back to the play controls like the graphics and everything are amazing the predator technology is great um the presentation value has been increased so well like the camera angles the the pre-pay-per-view uh video vignettes and everything all awesome and I want them to keep the graphical side of it and go back to the control scheme of, like, here comes the pain when it was actually fun to play. I've I've not found a WWE game fun to play for, like, the last three years. Yeah. And it's just driving me crazy. I've, I've kind of gotten out of them. I used to play it when, like, 2006 or seven came around, and then I'm just like, to me, it's just like every year it's like a Madden game. It's yeah. just updating and updating and updating. I don't think I don't see any real innovation in it. Um, although I was going to pick this one up and just check it out, but with the laundry list of games I already have to play, I'm probably never going to have time to play it. Yeah. But you know, that's you're the only person I've actually heard that's given it a negative review so far. Really? Yeah. yeah I've, I've like major press. I've, I've heard everywhere. Like there are some great things, like them going back to the uh, the face buttons yeah, for the control the big, for the grapples yeah. and stuff. I had hated using the analog sticks. Oh, that sticks. was the big. Yeah. That was god awful. Yeah. It's great that you can interrupt moves. And there's a lot of good stuff there, but the countering system just drives me insane. <laughs> insane. No more countering. <laughs> Counter? Well, there is no more countering. That's yeah, the problem. Exactly. Uh, but that's my last freak out. It's a good place for us to stop and take a quick break. And uh, we will be back right after the commercial. Hey, Amazon users. If you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. That's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Hello, Taryn Southern here, and you're listening to The Geek Generation. We're back. And uh, we do have some things in from the fans. Woo-hoo. So it's about time to jump into the listener mailbag. Yay. Oh, my God. You've got mail. You bastard. All right. First message comes in from G1. Yay. Yay, G1. Uh, my guess for the next incarnation of the Phoenix Force, Quentin Choir. You heard it here first. I don't know. Uh, uh. Maybe. Okay, maybe. I have no idea who that is. Don't worry. It's, <laughs> uh, he's a villain from the X Men. I, I don't know. I wouldn't call him really a villain he's right a, now. Yeah, he's he's a, taking up residence at the, uh, the what is it? The Jean Grey School for Gifted Youngsters. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. No comments, I guess. <laughs> Ryan? No comments. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a possibility, I guess. The comic elite says no go. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it could be. It could be a swerve. Swerve, like wrestling. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Don't say it like WWE, though. <laughs> Just swerve. Bad swerves. Mm. Uh, the second one comes in from Michael Coleman, who says, I want to take this time to defend superfan Chris Tong for his guilty pleasure of playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare Uh-oh. 3. <sighs> you stated it wasn't a guilty pleasure because it was mainstream. And I was right. Uh, that's a very common misconception. As a hardcore gamer, I should let you know Modern Warfare 3 is the laughing stock of the gaming world. You guys should know more than anyone that just because it's popular doesn't mean it's good. Only mouth-breathing mainstream consumers buy Call of Duty. I'll tell you why. Wait a minute, he just is defending and superfan Chris Tong and just called him a... Uh, a mouth-breathing. <laughs> a mouth-breathing <laughs> a mainstream consumer. Anyway, uh, he says the reasons why. One, five-hour campaign. Two, same online experiences past Call of Duty games. Three, the ad campaign for this was ridiculous. Their one with Jonah Hill and the guy from Game of Thrones reminds me of all the TV ads for the last Indiana Jones movie. Really? You've never heard of Indy? Is that something from the commercial? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about right now. I don't know. He kind of lost me. Uh, LOL. Okay, moving on. Yeah, (laughs) let's do that. LOL. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, So the boys at Infinity Ward had the balls to essentially remake Black Ops and sell this to the masses for $60. That's why it's a guilty pleasure. The game itself is a smack in the face of any hardcore gamers out there. And the icing on the cake is the elite bullshit where you just pay extra money to get double XP. Ha 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 ha. God, the masses are dumb. Don't even get me started on Angry Birds. But anyway, that's why it's a guilty pleasure, Rob. Later, bro. Love the episode. Keep it up. Uh, I I gotta. This guy is like he's got the nail right on the head. I can't fucking stand any of these Call of Duty games, nor can I stand the 
mindless people who are playing them. First of all, I hate the fucking game because you're reminded of something that is actually going on today in the world. Yep. I want to play video games to escape what's going on sure. today in the world and not be reminded. Virtually no story. It's so a bunch of jackbooted idiots can pretend can live out their fan- fantasies and friggin' just run around, um, you know, sitting at home, you know, playing online with their friends. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I can't stand. I played Modern Warfare two, and I thought it was nothing to write home about. So I have played at least one game in the franchise. But now with every year they're just coming out with them, it's just to prey on the simple minded, you know, apathetic video yes, game crowd. But in my the point opinion. is, do you think it's a guilty pleasure or not? <laughs> Uh, no, I think uh, anyone who plays it is an ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I can't stand people. I've I've, call, I've called out friends on this one. Yeah, we have some. Yeah, this is this is not a this is not a guilty pleasure. It's a waste of your gaming dollar. I mean, what happened to playing a game for storytelling purposes? Well, a, a guilty pleasure is something that would be a bad game that you still like anyway. Yeah, so I think it would be a guilty. pleasure. All right, so I'll give it that. I just I can't stand the franchise. <laughs> I, I I still I don't think it's much of a guilty pleasure no. just because. I, I didn't say that it was – like he said, uh, you say it wasn't a guilty pleasure just as a, because it was mainstream. That's a very common misconception. Isn't that the opposite? Like yeah. as a hardcore gamer, you should know I, – I don't know that it's the laughing stock of the gaming world. I don't care about any of those military games. Uh, and I didn't think it was a laughing stock at all. I just thought it was it, – for an insanely popular game, how is it the yeah, laughing stock of the gaming yeah. world? I don't it's know. Not, I'm confused on not, this whole email. It's not, it's not the laughing stock. It's it. No, I'm not defending the game. I didn't buy it. I'm not. But it was the big high. It was the biggest selling release day in the history of video games. The day it came out. So yeah. I don't see how that could be a laughing stock. Oh, this is the statement that got me. You guys should know more than anyone that just because it's popular doesn't mean it's good. No one here said it was good. I, I, yeah, I pretty much uh, just said it wasn't good. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't think we're saying it's good. Yeah, all. I'm just saying it's popular. I. Never said anything about it being good. And it's good. pretty. You can't argue that it's the most popular game franchise out there. Yeah, it made it broke huge amounts records. of records. It's that not in Skyrim. That doesn't mean anything's good. It's just popular things doesn't equal good. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm lost. That the the logic. I don't. It feels like there are two different points being made that conflict with each other. Yeah. In the email, so I'm not sure which to I talk about. Uh, but as far as guilty pleasures go, we did get a couple nice. more submitted because I had said that. I wasn't necessarily happy with the feedback the we had gotten. That, yeah. We got like two responses. Uh, but this one's from Sean uh, from Dalton, Pennsylvania. Is it Katy Perry? Sorry. No, it's not Katy Perry. He says, Dear Geek Generation, I wanted to give my guilty pleasure for your upcoming episode. It may be strange, but the guilty pleasure I have has to do with message boards. No, I'm not a message board troll. In fact, I don't really post. I mostly enjoy reading all the outlandish comments on common message boards. It amazes me how many crazy people are out there. I think the best example of this is the Yahoo comment section. They can take any topic and turn it into an all-out throwdown about how Obama is an alien racist ready to destroy the world by replacing the flu vaccine with an injection of mojo. I'll admit these people frustrate me to no end, but I can't stop reading. It's like having a cold sore that you keep poking even though you know it hurts. That's definitely a guilty it's pleasure. It's really true because... 100%, 100% agree. Because yeah. Boyd, sometimes I'd be over his house and he'd be like reading the news on Yahoo and we'll go to the comments and the people are just absolutely like batshit insane that post on there yeah like just they're like oh it's gonna be like a nuclear war in like two years like just fucking like insane i i'm amused by people's ignorance on those boards it's like <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable i mean i think yahoo is owned by the right anyway in yeah. all honesty and some of the news stories they post tend to demonize the democratic party um which is why you get these so many negative comments so you can look at it either way you want you know people are either pissed at the state um uh, that America is in today, or people are just doing it for a reaction, which most people yeah, use the internet for anyway. Try yeah. to get a, say the stupidest thing possible and try to get a reaction. And maybe that's, I mean, that's Sean's point, I think, yeah, here. Yeah, is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a guilty pleasure. It's something <laughs> you probably shouldn't yeah, be I, wasting I your time it. with, but yeah. <laughs> a guilty pleasure of yours as well. Uh, another one comes in from Singing Stars who says, Jersey Shore, I'm sorry, and I know it's terrible, but I can't stop watching it. No! Snooky looks like a friggin' pumpkin. The only thing I like about Jersey Shore is the fact that Beavis and Butthead make fun of it pretty That's much every only, episode. It's absolutely oh. hilarious when it's they so do great. it. So great. It shows how bad of a fucking show it is. It's terrible. But Brian, we got a we got a couple of friends who, who watch it. Yeah, we do regularly. actually. We have friends who watch it. They're like, it, so dude, it's so addicting. It's so bad, but it, it's really addicting. Yeah, so it's I like guess. a five car pile up you can't ignore. Yeah. Gym so, tan laundry, gym tan laundry. I shouldn't even freaking know that, but I do. Ch- ch- 
Butch, Kev's here. That's all I know because I have fucking stupid friends that quote it. I couldn't believe watching like the only clips of it I've actually seen are the ones they show on Beavis and Butthead. Where they're just like, and it's I don't know how anyone can make it through like two minutes. It's of like that show. the seriously the lowest common to not lowest like unintelligent people in the world. Yeah, like Jersey Shore. It's like. I uh, can go and like get fucking yeah. It's just like in a life. Don't these people have a job? Well, they, uh, and they're, they're, make, job. they're making money off people's Being, stupidity. Is what yep. it is. Yeah. Ugh. They're gonna be yeah. It's Jersey ridiculous. Shore. I guess that is a guilty pleasure. It is pleasure, a, though, it's a guilty I mean. pleasure. It has yeah. to be. It is. Um, but we do have uh, some other things to go over today. Brian recently put together an article of the top ten comic moments of 2011. We felt yeah. that that might take a lot of time to do on the show. So instead, we're going to summarize a little bit and go over the top five. And uh, since we have the epic comic team here, we should get some good information out of it. So uh, starting with number five, what is the number five moment number of 2011? Five, number five is the uh, introduction of the new Ultimate Spider-Man that they did earlier this year where um, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, who's been writing Ultimate Spider-Man since issue number one in 2000, uh, which is 11 years. It's a long, long run. Mm-hmm. And uh, he decided to end the story of Peter Parker by killing him. And now this is not the real Peter Parker. This is an, the ultimate universe. is sort of like an alternate reality where Peter Parker is 16. They kind of – it's like a reboot basically. Mm-hmm. The, so they decided to kill off Peter Parker and um, sort of replace him with a new character called Miles Morales who is half African-American, half Hispanic. And, of course, the internet went – completely batshit insane and all the crazies came out because how dare they change spider-man how dare they make him that kind of uh you know that nationality and it's like really you know i and they did it and and bennis did it in such a fluid way where they transitioned from peter parker where his story ended and sort of almost kind of became an uncle ben type character and inspired this kid to be Mm spider-man and it's a fantastically done well done they relaunched it with a new number one and everyone I know that has read it has thought it was, you know, amazing. And I just think it's a shame that, you know, all the controversy of, you know, his 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 race and what color he is had to do with anything to do with, you know. Yeah, when I heard people going nuts on the Internet about that he was going to be multicultural, I remembered Todd McFarlane talking about a run that he had on Spider-Man. Yeah. And he had written one bit about a guy. Uh, what was it? Uh, a guy that Spider-Man saves from a black mugger. Yeah. And uh, after after Spider-Man saves him, the the white businessman or whatever goes, oh, thanks for saving me from that N-word. I'm pretty yeah. sure it said yeah, in the comic. Yeah. And uh, Spider-Man takes the guy and throws him against the wall and is like, what color do you think I am under here? Yeah, that's, that's and even a, though yeah. he's not, even exactly. though Spider Man's white, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, matter. You don't know. And it, they actually did another story in the early two thousands, I think, by Paul Jenkins wrote it, but um, where a kid, young black kid, um, and Matt, the whole story was him. He had a horrible life, tough life with his parents. He was at foster care, and he was he his hero was Spider Man. And at the very end, he he meets Spider Man, and in his mind, when Spider Man takes off his mask, he's a black. Guy. Right, right. And that to him, that's but and I think that just really shows you know, Spider Man can be anybody under there. It doesn't matter. Right. The fact that he shows no skin whatsoever. No, exactly. So I don't I don't understand. But he should start showing yeah. <laughs> now. But it's just and I, I don't know if it's because they felt and it's not like they felt it's not like they killed off the real Peter Parker, so I don't understand why they felt like that was a, this like outrage and mm-hmm. so but honestly there's a link on the on the um on the list. Uh check out if there's up to issue five now, I believe, Boyd. Is that right? Yeah. Uh it's check it out. Check it out. And there's gonna be a hardcover coming out, I think, in February. Um definitely check it. It's one of the best comics out there right now. So Fantastic. Just to know issue five, he's in the suit now. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. He has a new suit too, suit. right? A new and, suit. Uh, it's great. Black suit with like red webbing on it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh number four. Number four, as I before, uh, As you look for your own list, yeah, I look for, <laughs> no, Fear itself, which was the big Marvel crossover of 2011, um, started in March. This was Marvel's big uh, crossover, where for the first time since Civil War in 2006, they uh, tried to do a line wide, like pretty much every book in their line would be affected by this. And um, I really thought it was very. Um, I, I personally thought part of it wasn't very well done, but. Other parts of it were very well done, which sounds contradictory, but um, it just kind of helped me, boy. It, it's sort of. It, I think I think the word is underwhelming. Yeah, it was really. underwhelming, but you can't deny the impact it had this year because it was Marvel's big event, and 
they centered around Captain America and Thor because obviously those are two movies yep. that are coming out this year. And um, the basic premise was the uh, the. The uh, the Odin is not the All Father. Um, There's the, actually there was actually a his real brother. Alpha, the serpent is being yeah, is risen by the uh, the Red Skull um, daughter daughter. Um, and uh, basically, it really deals with fear and the mar- and they try to make a, a sort of a real world analogy of you know people dealing with fear every day and the fear that's out there now in 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 the world. Mm-hmm. And um, it it's just you know and it went through. They killed off. Captain America, but it wasn't the. Yeah, it, I mean, was, it was. A, it yeah. was a, not the real Captain America. But um, and they did things with Thor and stuff, and it it really went through all the Marvel books, and it was had a strong creative team, and it was eight issues, but there was a bazillion tie-ins. But again, I felt underwhelmed, but I still can't deny that it was one of the bigger moments of two thousand one, and um, I'd say definitely give it a chance and check it out. It's um definitely tries to be uh, socially conscious and bringing mm. in a lot of real-world stuff. And if you want to see one of the characters who's been most impacted by the events of the series, make sure to check out the issues with Iron Man, the Invincible Iron True. Man. True. Iron Man, actually, they did a really shocking arc with Iron Man, which is now we're dealing um, with the fallout. And currently, he's he's dealing with what he what decisions he had to make yeah, during some de- Some itself. demons came back. Like, demons yeah. I, was, I was actually kind of surprised to see this on your list when initially we had joked about how much it seemed like a cheap ripoff of Blackest Night. Yeah, where it, it kind of where everyone got like weapons instead of rings. And, yeah, I, that that part of it was pretty cheesy. I mean, like I said, there's some really bad parts, but I haven't read it as a collected edition yet. I don't know if it's going to read better that way, but honestly, it was Marvel's big juggernaut push of the year so it had a, it has to be that high up there it just has to the be. problem was i think is there are way too many crossovers involved with this one more so than i've remembered in any of their previous like big yearly events okay. that they've done like more than planet hulk more than civil war oh yeah it was, it was it was it was it was like you'd have to spend probably 300 dollars a month to read everything like jeez like they expected a lot out of their consumer and i just I don't know. It, it, it like I said, definitely check it out. The hardcover, I believe, comes out in uh, January, January eighteenth. So a couple weeks. So All if right. you want to check it out, number three. Number three is one of my fa- my favorite uh, event of the year: uh, Spider Island in the Spider Man books. Uh, basically, what happens is Spider Man's old foe, the Jackal, who uh, in the past has cloned Spider Man, which is uh, one of the terrible <laughs> stories of all time. But um, no, the, he he releases uh, what is it? Is it a how is it? Is it a virus? Or it's is it a, it's it's uh, like bed bugs almost. Bed bugs basically. People. They bite you, and then they talk all, about taking things from the real world. Yeah, and they everyone gets infected with spider with spider powers. So basically, you have all the Avengers, all the people in New York City, J. Jonah Jameson, Mary Jane. Everyone has Spider-Man's powers, so it's kind of sounds cheesy, but it's actually really, really well written, really well done, and it really shows that how Peter Parker he has the powers, but he also has the responsibility, knows how to use them. Where some of these other people are having the powers, do what shows what other people would do with these powers, and it's just it's actually a self-contained for the most part, and just amazing Spider-Man. And I thought it was really well done. Dan Slott, who writes it, is one of the best. Spider-Man writers of all time, and probably, I think, writing the best Spider-Man there's been in decades. So it, it's definitely check it out. Um, I if you're a fan of Spider-Man, I'm a, uh, Spider-Man's my guilty pleasure. He's my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. So that's why I it's so high. Other people d- thought I shouldn't have put it that high, but um, the collected edition comes out at the end of the month on the 25th. So definitely check it out. Um, there's like I said, there's links on the page. So all right, cool. Uh, number two. Number two is Flashpoint, which was DC's summer event, which led to their reboot, where um, basically uh, sort of an alternate reality where, you know, it starts off with Barry Allen waking up in another reality. He think he doesn't know it's another reality yet, but um, his mother is still alive, who is dead in the real reality. Um, Batman is uh, not I don't want to spoil it because it's too awesome. Batman is very well different. <laughs> I'm <laughs> much, really excited to read much that whole more line. aggressive, yeah. much more a very interesting twist, um, which I won't spoil. Like I said, um, Superman doesn't exist. The Justice League don't exist. Um, it's just an, a different world, and it's basically Barry Allen trying to figure out 
what happened, how he got here, who caused this, and how he can get back to the real reality. Mm-hmm. And in without it's pretty much a spoiler. Everyone knows that pretty much the end. He thinks he's going back to the real universe, but instead gets that's how the DC universe gets rebooted. And uh, who called that when Flashpoint was still going did on? Really? I did. I did. If, if we go back to prior episodes, I, I, had, I'm sure, I, I, I predicted you. that Flashpoint would lead to the reboot, and so that's what happened. And uh, so that was. And it really ends with a really nice moment between Bruce Wayne and Barry Allen, which I won't spoil, too. But it's a really good character piece. It's Flash-centered, but I don't think you need to just be a Flash fan to read it. So definitely check that out. The hardcover is already out. Um, they're coming out with more trades of the miniseries, but they're not really as important as the main series. So I would say Batman is the best part of that series. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm not even a DC fan, and I yeah. haven't read it. Yeah, I was telling um, Rob I've heard out. so many people yeah. geek out about the it, Flashpoint Batman. It's fantastic. Yeah. You, will, you will like it. sounds awesome. To the it. point where I bought an action figure I broke upon opening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were just so excited. Um, so that brings us to number one. Number one. And here's where we get into the, the big, big stuff. Uh, as you probably heard, if you've been on our website for the past year, DC decided in August, uh, at the end of August, early September, to reboot their entire universe and start over from number one with all their comics. 52 new comics, 52 number ones. Try not to suck. They did try not to suck. They tried not to suck. And I was very, very cautioning. Like, I don't think this is... And boy, was I wrong. Uh, highest comic sales in years. DC, for the first time in its history since they recorded numbers, is being the pants off Marvel to the point in to the point where the top twenty they had twenty of the top twenty five books in the top twenty five, which is unheard of because Marvel used to dominate everything in the market share. And it's the point now where Marvel is having to cancel a lot of their books. They're um, laying off a lot of their editors, and a lot of the artists are now jumping to DC. And DC is just running with this like a freight train. And there's a lot of people that I know who just got really back into comics. Like, oh, sweet, it's a new number one. I can start from the beginning. And that was the intent. Yeah, and it worked. And I thought it was going to fall on its face. And we're already... Five months into it, going on. Uh, yeah, we're starting the fifth month in January. And, and for some reason, people still care about a Superman that's running around in jeans and a T-shirt. And, I just and, don't get and it. Superman <laughs> is actually the the thing they changed the most. You know, they changed a lot of these characters. Superman no longer married to Lois Lane, who he's been married to since 1996. They, uh, she does not know Clark Kent is Superman. Um, very much changed Superman's costume. Like Rob just said, he's now in jeans and a T-shirt. And then uh, his cape is like completely short and it looks like Linus's blanket. It looks like a backwards bib. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. And uh, yeah, a lot of the costume choices are absolutely horrendous. Everyone's got like chin straps now, like chin. They go. Well, costume. see, I don't. That, the the high collar Justice League thing doesn't bother me because that is the uniformy. And that's idea of course there. the big thing they did is they put Jeff Johns and Jim Lee on Justice League, which is the biggest team in the history of you know comics right now you could put together writer and artist and it's blowing the doors off everything so yeah um, batman they didn't really change much batman they kind of left alone which they in green lantern they left alone because those are the two most stable franchises they had yeah so overall though it's just interesting to me to see how long this is going to last and if marvel has a ability to come back in 2012 with avengers versus x-men or if it's even going to make a dent because at this point dc has so much momentum where it's just like i've got friends that are going to comic shops buying comics that they haven't bought in year. you know people are just talking about it and it's and I know Boyd has something to say about this, so I'll let him. Yeah, it, it re- actually to me, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to be really vocal about it. it kind of disgusts me when I go into my comic shop and seeing like one or two people go in and just buy something that has just come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in total agreement with like DC's business practices. I think they they just took a complete dump on the the comic book market. Whereas to you know, I think Bendis was quoted in saying that what is DC trying to do? Kill the direct market. Yeah. Um, where it's going to end up people aren't going to be able to go into comic shops and everything um, because DC now has such an aggressive digital market as well. Yeah, basically what I forgot to mention is that they now do what, unlike Marvel does, they the same day the comics come out in, in the store, you can get, out to get them on iTunes. But if DC is making more money from the digital sales ultimately – is that not a good thing for comic books as a business? It's good, but it's also going to kill the comic book stores. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't, I don't like reading comics on a reader. Who's going to want to go to the store when you can just. Well, yeah, and that's why people have the complaint about like, do you guys have Netflix? I don't. I do. He does. 
So what's the difference Ooh. between like <laughs> walking into Blockbuster versus walking into your comic the book store and then the co- getting it online? The problem is the comic book store is more than just comics. Yeah. There's more of it's a atmosphere. It's an atmosphere. You've got there's a lot of collectibles. I agree with you. I'm yeah. I'm being the oh, devil's no, no, advocate no, to your no, devil's you're advocate. You're making a very very good point though. <laughs> right. But the comic book store to me, like I, when I used to you know go all the time, you know it's that you know the friendly atmosphere every week. You've got all you got collectibles. You've got magazines. You've got figures. Where now, if they this the way it's heading, they're going to end up killing the comic book stores, and there's going to yep. be no comic book stores. And then, I mean, Newberry Comics is already having the problem where they're going to go out of business. So there's not going to be any yeah. tactile stores right. where you're going to. No, be I, I absolutely I, mean, I get that. I love a comic book shop I mean, and going I, in and everything. And I go to a guy in Waltham who's I've been going to since I was in like fourth grade. Yep. I, was, I was on hiatus when I was in college. In like high school, but I went back and I've been going there now straight every week for like 10, 12 plus years now. Mm-hmm. He's been in business for like 20, 25 years and he does collectibles and he does comics and he does really well for himself. And I don't want to see that change. Sure. Um, I don't like going into like these big stores like New England Comics where it's like just not, to me, it's not as friendly. I don't like buying comics at like a, a record store, a glorified record store. Um, I like comics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I like going in here. I like knowing some of the customers. I like talking like different things with them, like not just comics. It could be anything. It mm-hmm. could, um, and I really think that, you know, DC is like trying to change that with, you know, their aggressive digital. Um, you know, manifestation of the comics and just people who walk into a shop buy like one or two comics yeah. um, because they're brand new. And it, I think Brian and I talked, it's going to have a trickle down effect. I think it's going to hurt some of these like, you know, I read a lot of independently published comics. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to keep um, up because they're getting yeah. pushed, pushed That's true. I mean, further I, and further down. I mean, a lot of them are like, as my comic book guy usually says, there are, are not rack books, which are books that you order in bulk and are usually like you, you sold out like 50 plus issues. Yep. I'll use DC titles, for example. As opposed to me, like going in and reading the latest issue of Voltron, where he only gets five copies in, and you know they're sold out like almost immediately. Sure, it's just the saturation of the independence. Obviously, is never going to be Marvel or DC, but I do have a feeling it's going to have an effect. Well, I mean, it's the fact it's already having an effect on Marvel, where Marvel's panicking at this point, mm. and there's rumors that they are debating. I don't know if it's true, debating rebooting their universe next year to because they don't know what to do. If if Avengers vs X Men doesn't work, they're pretty much of Shit's Creek because they have nothing down the pipe. You know, mm. they have consistently awesome comics, but they're just everyone's in this DC thing. Oh, got to collect it from the start. You know, one issues yeah. one through, and mm-hmm. it's just every month it's just getting. And again, fifty two titles. I mean, I I'm complicit in this. I read some of them, mm-hmm. um, but it's mostly the ones I'm interested in. Green Lantern. I read at least three or four of the Batman titles. Yeah, but the problem is the people we have to work. There's people who want to buy collectible every one of those 52 issues. Mm. So, like he said, there's people that will go in there and be like, "Can I have one of all the 52s?" Right. Yeah, and that's like 150 dollars a yeah. month. That's probably more than I spend. Yeah. You know, close to it a, a month in comics, but I buy from various companies. Yeah. Um. You know, I I've been going through. I purchased that huge Amazon has yeah. it available. The, the yeah, hardcover. Yep. The that yep. you that you linked that it's a hundred and fifty dollar hardcover. If you order on Amazon, it's plug 90. plug, it's ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah. but it it's all fifty two number mm-hmm. ones, so you have a you get to yeah. sample every book. Yeah. Yep, which is pretty cool, and it's actually a fantastically huge hardcover. Yeah, it's a great presentation. I wouldn't pay one hundred fifty dollars for it, but it's interesting when talking to my comic book guy. He didn't order any because a it's very difficult to read because it's so big. And he could never move an item like that. I don't the think at one hundred and fifty dollars with the mm. with the way the economy is. I don't think anybody's going to go in there and just buy one hundred and fifty dollars worth of number one issues. And I've been reading it to sample um, a lot of it and kind of to piggyback what you were saying. A lot of the titles are are garbage. Right. Like no one wants to read a comic about a guy named Mister Terrific who rides around <laughs> on four balls and they're trying to make some like overzealous political statement in the book. No that one has wants- some statements of other kinds. A guy yeah. riding around on balls. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and uh, no one wants to read like the Savage Hawkman, who was like never an interesting character to. Uh, I disagree with. There was Hawkman was interesting until they changed this. But yeah, and my my question is for someone like you, Rob, who you don't you don't read comics yep. monthly. Did this make you? I, I know the answer, but I'm doing it. Right. Did, did this make you more inclined to be like, oh, I think I want to jump back in and try to read monthly and keep up? Or does it make you to turn you off even more and just be like... Well, me personally, I don't have the time to read anything that consistently. Yeah. But I, I honestly, as a whole, I think it might have turned me off more. Really? Because was, while, while I was excited to have a jumping in point, mm-hmm. if I wanted to get back into it, that would have been great. Uh, I don't see myself jumping back in, especially when 
I've seen some of the characters that I do love so much be altered in a way that's unfavorable. Yeah. Because as much as people want to rag on Superman, he was like my number two character. And now he looks like a And now idiot. he's not I have zero interest in what they've done to him. Uh Batman is Batman's still Batman. Yeah, they haven't really nothing major no. has changed there. But I, I'm I'm still gonna read the stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, I wish yeah. that uh, the the brightest day and blackest night and all that had gone on a little, and that was the plan, I guess. And they, this was like a super. They want to lie and say it wasn't. They really did this at like at the last second because they had already plans for after brightest where brightest day makes no sense now because they've completely destroyed everything. But they had plans to you know go on, and then someone was just like in marketing was like, well, what if we just rebuild? You know, let's do a drastic change. Yeah. And, and they did it, and it paid off. My so. biggest issue, and I think we had talked about it before, is that it is a very convoluted reboot. Yeah. It's not. Let's keep this stuff and no. well, it, I mean, it is. It's, it let's, is it's little, let's keep this. Let's get but, rid of this. Let's, let's keep this. Yeah. But it's a decision it's instead very of picky. Instead and, of let's start over, because it should be Batman's by himself. Yep. Batman meets Dick Grayson. Yep. And maybe the story progresses differently this time, but it should have started that's what out they did with Superman. And so, right. But they wanted to pick and choose who they did it with. Right. And that's which, what I'm not yeah. a fan of. Yeah. That's what I think the major issue is because it's just too confusing when they were trying to alleviate confusion. Yeah. I thought. And then. It's just it boggles my mind though that it's working so well. I mean, part of me is happy because I would like to see it's interesting to see DC be on top for once. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, it's like this is I don't know how I'm interested to see where it's going to be a year from now. And I'm curious as to how many people are reading these sales figures. How many are reading on their iPad or their digital reader? Yeah, and not going into a shop and picking up the actual tactile. Now, tactile, it, the here's book. here's the one argument I'm going to make in favor yep. of digital comics is because. People have been saying for years and years and years that uh, the movie market, as far as DVDs and Blu-ray, is going to die because of digital distribution. Yeah. But it comes down to uh, what kind of consumer you are. Yeah. The people who have always bought comic books in book form mm-hmm. will continue to do so. Yep. But they actually might buy more things if there's digitally cheaper stuff online that they would have never considered before. And the people like I'm a collector. I am. I, I will I, never I, buy yeah. my comics digitally. Yeah, I'm. Saying, I like I, having. Yep, with the Blu-ray. Yeah, I dude. like having yep. the, uh, the, the digital item. download or attached the, to my Blu-ray that yep. I bought. But I can't always trust that technology to work. I know if I put my Blu-ray in the Blu-ray player, I'm going to be able to watch the movie. It's a tangible thing right. that you're going to have. It's going to. And if if. And I know that if I don't decide to watch something for a year, I don't download it immediately. It's like, not going to expire. It drives me insane that a lot of the uh, redemption yeah, they is, have an expiration date. has an expiration yeah, they date. They all do now. I paid for that digital download, and I even have a disc that it's stored on. Yep. You're going to tell me there's a time where I have a disc I, I own and I can't to, access to, the yeah. information on yep. it. I, yep. I feel the same way, Rob. I mean, just I, I get a lot of the Blu-rays, too, with the digital download. And I'm not a fan of watching tv or movies on anything other than a television yeah um but my concern is is with back to the comic books and everything when comic books go in the printed form Mm -hmm. the next thing that's going to go because of the kindle and now the kindle fire are books and then libraries are going to go and you know kids i think they're going to those are going to go faster yeah kids kids of the future are not going to know what a book is because everybody's going to have their stuff stored on a little personal digital device Mm -hmm. that is um you know you carry around with you and this may may maybe me sounding old beyond my years but i don't agree with that i mean yeah. getting rid of like books and stuff i mean that to me is like akin to burning them i think it's i don't think it's it's that extreme but the the comic book aspect like i have no problem with getting rid of an actual book mm-hmm. and having an all digital version but when it comes to comic books and you're talking about art that's where you've hit like a nerve with me. I mean, especially being an art major and I taught yeah. art for a yeah. while and everything, yeah. having that on the page. And I do teach computer art too. So, I mean, yeah. I've hit all aspects, but I don't want to read a comic book on my computer. Yeah. It's a different experience and it's, it's not an experience I'm a hands, fan of. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just you can lie in bed at night. You can lie in your recliner, right. wherever your atmosphere you and, like to and read is. If, if the power goes out, I have my comic book. <laughs> that hurricane week we had, yep. I fell back to my comic there books. There you go. That's what happened. Yep. Mm. Unless, ooh, yeah, have to charge. Make sure your batteries are charged. And this, yeah. The only thing I needed to make sure I had was a light. (laughs) That's it. So, but those were my uh, those are my top ten or top five we covered. And if you want to see the rest, you can go to the article on the website. Awesome. And uh, yeah, well, I think that's a good stopping point. (laughs) After we get in our heated debates about (laughs) digital versus uh, whatever, and yeah, that's good stuff. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so as we get out of here, uh, final thoughts or something you'd like to plug, Brian? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Xander Harris, and you can find me on Facebook, and you can find uh, my podcast, Graphically Speaking, at Twitter slash Graphic Speaking, and um, on at GeekGeneration.com slash Graphically Speaking. Cool. Uh, once again, uh, The Outer Limits in Waltham, Massachusetts, where I buy my comic books every week, is a great little local store. Um, you know, support your local comic book dealer, anyone for that matter, if you if there's one around the corner. Um, and also the Upper Crust Restaurant, who makes the best pizza in Boston. So, you know, some night and you're in Waltham, you can get your comics and comestibles all in one place. Dig it. <laughs> Brian's very amused by your plugs. I don't know. I just like it. He's just, if, like you said, it's almost like he just like can do it out of like thin air i, I wouldn't be able to do that uh, we'll have some we'll, we'll have some game reviews on some stuff like ra- <laughs> like rage and i think deus ex cool. as soon as i can get um it's, it's gonna be a long january and a long winter <laughs> <laughs> all right uh if you want to see more on the stuff we talk about you can head to the as always i ask you to please rate the show and write a review in itunes that helps so much if you go to thegeekgeneration.com slash awards, you can still submit your nominations for the 2011 Geekies. We have extended nominations, and we'll accept them until Sunday, January 15th. We're also still looking for theme music for the show, so if you have anything that you think we'd be interested in, please send that uh, an MP3, at least, to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. If you have any questions, comments, insults, or topics you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, you can send those to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or at geekgeneration on Twitter, or you can leave a voicemail at 508-316-9787. If you'd like to submit an article to the site or an audio file to the show, you can send those to guests at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, ah, take a breath. <laughs> the show theme <laughs> is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. So, signing off for episode 66. We will see you guys next week. Later. Make it so.